been wondering, is there another level in life? Well, there it is. This teaching will teach you from the gate of life to the gate of living by changing your mentality through the original intent of the word of Elohim so you can live your next level of life. Shalom, shalom. Welcome to another session of the School of Thought. Today I just want to have a discussion on what seems to be exploding on social media lately based on a famous pastor who made a comment a teaching about tithe. Now the purpose I want to share this, I'm not really into the arguing and trying to prove him wrong and and it's not about that. As a teacher, you want to be able to bring some light in a subject to help someone else that may be confused, that may be wondering what is the truth? Is this true? Is this not true? And I'm, I'm actually just shining the light on that from that perspective to help someone to enhance their relationship with God. So I have nothing to show proof of who's wrong, who's right. I've listened to the segment myself, so I'll make sure that I understood what's being said, not what someone translated and started posting on social media. Based on what the man of God has shared, the first thing that I want to mention is that I see the evidence where when leaders are getting revelation from a teaching that they're transitioning to a different place, that leader need to be guided in that revelation. I don't care if you're on television, if you are Bishop Tutu, if you are the Archbishop, you are the Archapostle, whatever your title is, and you could have a, 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 a TV show and you could be very famous. It does not matter. Anytime that you are transitioning in a place of revelation, you need to be guided. You can't do it alone. You can't do it. Well, you, I got the Holy Ghost and I know what God said. It, it's, it, it's not going to work out well. In this particular situation, this is what I see. It disturbed a lot of people, disturbed the body based on what he said, how he said it, and how he presented it. I feel like he should have waited until he got the proper guidance from someone who actually is experienced or been assigned in that arena to help. And this is one of the reasons that we created a safe place to learn for leaders called Kanaf. Kanaf is the border, the square border of the Talit. It means uh, a covering. It means a feather. It means a place of safety. And this is created as part of a mentorship. I don't call it program. It's a mentorship space. It's a cave that God created for the safety of a leader. As you are transitioning in revelation and transitioning from one realm to another, you do need to be guided. You can't you can't do it alone at all. So Kanaf is one of the, the, the 
wings that God have created for leaders to be able to get an understanding of what God is saying to them, the true revelation, the intent of the word, to give the leader an opportunity to transform in that revelation and then how to teach it, how to bring it to other people. And I feel, in my opinion, that's what was lack of how it was presented. So if you are trusted in a particular platform, in a public platform, there is a type of language or protocol that you have to use to be able to handle the word properly without hurting anyone, especially the new babes or people that's on the edge in this situation that don't want to pay tithe or don't believe in paying tithe. It, it just really brought a lot of confusion. And if I could give you an example of Shaul Paul, who was on the road, as you will call it, Damascus, and I may use a different word because I'm reading from a complete Jewish version Bible. He himself had to go to Hanaya, or Hanaya had to be sent to him by Yeshua. I'm going to read it for you. The book of Acts 9, chapter 17, verse says, So Hanaya left and went into the house, placing his hand on him. He said, Brother Shaul, the Lord Yeshua, the one who appeared to you on the road you came from, that you were coming here, he sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Ruach HaKadosh, which is the Holy Spirit. In that moment, something like a scale fell away from Shaul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was immersed, which is baptized. And he ate some food and regained his strength. Shaul spent some days with the Talmud, which is your Bible said disciple in, as you said, Damascus. And now notice that as great as a scholar Paul was, when he went his transition to a new place and had an encounter with Yeshua, a man still had to be brought up to him to guide him in this new way because it's still new to him because he never been here before. So you can't assume because you know something about the word, every level of revelation, you just like, you know, I got it because I got the Holy Ghost. It doesn't work like that. So when Shaul, again, who was a great scholar, a Pharisee who knew the Torah, the word, still Hananiah had to lay hands on him and pray for him and guided him and then what happened? The scales fell off his eyes. He'd be able to see in a new realm. And then he continued to stay around the Talmudim, the student of the word who knew of Yeshua, who was filled with the Holy Spirit, what he just got filled with, to get a better understanding. Then after that, he was able to proclaim Yeshua as the Son of God. Because this was a new way for him as well. So we have to uh, we have to be guided in that place. And I'm grateful that God created Kanaf for leaders to come in and have a safe place to transition, a safe place to learn. Um, even sometimes, especially the Hebrew words, and you hear people saying 
the words wrong. This is a place that I, I could help to say it properly. I don't want to be an encyclopedia of someone, but what I do as a teacher, I teach you how to fish. I teach you how to study the word from a different form, from a different perspective, from the original intent of the word, which is Hebraic. So you'll know how to study that. you know how to go get those words. So saying that, that's the first part that I wanted to share. Now, when it comes to the tithe, I believe one of the things he mentioned that, you know, it was in the book of law that we're not under the law anymore. Uh, 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 we under the grace uh, of Paul. Paul is not um, my source of my salvation. Shaul, when he, when Paul, when he taught, even the things that he was teaching by permission is also from the culture. He was teaching a lot of culture. So my salvation can't be based on Paul. And that's one of the things he mentioned. That's not a wise way to go because I know Paul seems to be the the example or the source of Christianity, whatever Paul says, what Paul is, what we do. And, and that is, that is not a proper translation because your salvation, our teaching should be based on the word of God, based on Yeshua, not on Paul. And the other part that was also mentioned that we're not under the law First of all, let's find out what is the word law. What is What does that mean? The word law in Hebrew is the word Torah. What does it mean? It means teaching, instruction. It also means light. Also means shoot with an arrow. So if we're saying we're not under the law, we actually say we are not under the teaching and the instruction of God anymore. So that means it, it cannot be that we said we're not under the law. The law that we might say that was fulfilled by Yeshua. That was another scripture we have to talk about. Because when we said what well, Yeshua said, he didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it. Now we have to be careful about that. Because that particular scripture, when he said, I didn't come to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill it doesn't mean, oh, I came to do away with it because I fulfill it. You don't have to do it no more. That is not what it means. Because that particular scripture was speaking of the way the rabbis used to study and the, the children of, of, of the Talmud of the word. The rabbis were sitting and, and they will say, they have a, a saying when someone says something that does not have the proper translation based on the word of God and they will say you abolish the word you abolish the word that's me that's not the proper translation that's not correct but when someone says something that was correct they say you fulfilled the law you fulfilled the word you fulfill it and that's what Yeshua was talking about that the I came to give you an understanding I came to give you a clarity of the word of God not fulfill as you I, I did it you don't have to do it no more that is not what fulfill means so now we cannot say I'm not under the law because if I understand what the law is, yes, I am. I am under the teaching and the instruction of God. I, I could, we could never get away from his instruction and teaching. So we have to understand what it means. 
But what Yeshua had fulfilled was the law of sin that requires death. That we could say that he have done. He paid the price. He paid and fulfilled the law of sin by paying the price, which is death. So we have to break down the word in detail to be able to understand it. One mistake that we make in the body is we cook gumbo when it comes to the word. We just put all in the pot and we can't do that. That's not even the way God created us. That's not the way he created the world. He was extremely detailed where every single thing belonged. Like the animal kingdom, the humanity kingdom, the, the, the forest, the plant kingdom. Everything had its own protocol and perspective. He was very detailed about that. Now, what I want to uh, share with you, a different type of type. Again, let me recommend the teaching that I strongly recommend that you obtain that could add value to your library that you sit and listen and, and get a better understanding, a better grip of the word of God is the power of the tent and the kingdom system of blessing. Those two teachings will help tremendously. So I'm just going to go through in our conversation when we spoke about, oh, well, the tithe is not supposed to be the tent, especially the power of the tent is going to give you a better understanding. It's going to be like psh, wonderful uh, revelation you'll be able to understand. Now, the word tent is the word maser, right? Which is tent. It means tent. It comes from a word eser. It comes from a word ashar, which also means properly accumulated, chiefly to grow, to make rich. It also means as an accumulation to the extent of the digits. So it is significant. Tenth is significant to God. Numbers, measurement is significant to God. Otherwise, he wouldn't have never told Moshe, make sure you built the tabernacle according to the plan that I've given you because those measurements in every single detail was the body of Yeshua. And God gave specific detail what the boat and how many measurements and, and this is a, a feet, this is a quarter. He was specific and very detailed in how each part of the tabernacle was built. And there's another a biblical feast called Shabbat and which is the uh, the feast of Pentecost that I also recommend that God speaks about measurement, about numbers, about he is specific about what measurement of this and what the season and the timing and the, it, it means something to God. So we can't get away from the structure because tenth is what makes a whole. So the power of the tenth is going to give you a better understanding of that. So let's go real quick on a different type of type because there are different type of type, not just one kind. The first one we know of is the one in Malachi Messer, which um, verse Malachi 3, verse 8 through 10. We're not going to go through the whole thing, but I'm going to skip over because of time. When it says, can a person rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how have we robbed you? What was the answer? In tens and involuntary contribution. 
Now, there's a meat in that alone. He said intent, that's tithe, and voluntary contribution. So, it means that the tenth is not really voluntary contribution. Your seed, you sow your seed, voluntary. But the tenth is an obligation between you and God. See, understand, first I want to say, this is just kind of a little embarrassing that we're really having this conversation in the body about tithe because other religion and such as even the Jewish community, that's not something we talk about. That's something that's already known. That's just part of you. We don't talk about, you don't hear people, we're not supposed to be paying tithe. Only in the body, the church, who we say we have the Holy Spirit and we, you know, we know the word, and but we're fighting about a covenant with God. See, to me, tithe is personal. It's my personal conversation and action with God. To me, my tithe is my undergarment and it's not open for discussion. My type is not a public discussion, a public opinion. It's personal. I'm, since I have been saved, uh, I remember when we used to get paychecks, and some of you may say, oh, that's a long time ago. I remember going to the bank, and every time I cashed my check, I asked the teller for two envelopes. That was something personal between me and God. Right away at that time, I take my tithe and put another. That my action was a message to God. Was my message about my personal covenant. Nobody didn't make me. Nobody didn't scare me to do it. Nobody. I knew to do it. I can't even explain how I knew. But I knew to be consistent and to be faithful. I did not play when it came to my tithe. It was a personal conversation between me and God. It was my covenant. So wherever I paid it, it was still a conversation between me and God. So all of my testimony and all my experience, I can't just flush it down the toilet because somebody just said, oh, I got a new revelation. We're not supposed to pay tight or the tight that we pay is not supposed to be there. Whatever that is, because that particular conversation from that pastor started another conversation on social media well, we're not supposed to be paying tithe anyway. Well, you're supposed to be paying tithe by, you know, those days were about the cattle and about, we don't, it, it was about the grain. We're not paying it about, uh, we're not paying it with money anymore. So it started a whole conversation with people that did not even want to pay tithe. So it just brought a, a disturbance. <laughs> but it's okay because it could still be used to benefit God because even with this teaching, it's going to benefit someone to say, oh, okay, I get it now. Because tithe is not open for discussion. You can't talk about me or you can't talk about my tithe to me. That's, 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 that's like talking about my undergarment. And you, you have no right to do that. You have no authority to do that. It is a personal thing between you and God. I understand how uh, the, the pastor would say, well, I shouldn't have been scaring people to pay. Yes, you're right. It should have been taught as a love covenant. But it also can't say... You shouldn't do it. It is a love. It's just like being in a relationship. When you are in a relationship, you, 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 you have a husband, you have a spouse. You don't go and read the law of the marriage to know what you need to do. 
like, oh, the law said I'm not supposed to be committing fornication. The law said I'm not supposed to abuse you. The law, you love someone that those things come out of you, right? It comes out of you that I don't want to cheat. I don't want to have another person. I don't want to abuse you because of my love. I do it because I love you, not an obligation. A wife or a husband can say, well, I'll do the laundry or no, I'll do the cooking. Either one is out of love because I want to. And that's what tight is about because you want to do it because you love God. When it talked about bring your tight to the storehouse in the book of Malachi, in verse 10, bring the whole tent into the storehouse. What is the store? You can't say, well, at that time it was, you know, Solomon had a storehouse and he put food. Okay, we do not have that now. We don't have Solomon here today. We don't have a, the storehouse where everybody could go eat. So what you have to translate the word to your life, your generation today. Just like we drive car today, we don't walk miles. We don't have chariots. <laughs> you know, so we have to translate the word based on our circumstances, a verse based on our generation, translated to life. So what is the storehouse? The storehouse is a place where you are getting fed spiritually, whether it's your ministry, your church, your mentor, your teacher, wherever you are being fed, it is the storehouse. You bring your tithe to the storehouse, the place you are getting fed. Not the place where your name is on the road. <laughs> and then you get other people to work and feed you, but your tithe is going where your name is on. That's just totally disrespectful. It's like going to one gas station and say, well, I'm going to pay the other gas station, but I want you to give me gas. You can't do that. So that's just, that's just, that's just breaking <laughs> on top of laws from different levels, right? So let's look at in the book of Genesis 14 chapter when Melchizedek, while right, or Melchizedek, king of Shalom, when Avram paid tenth, he said, and he gave him tenth of all when he blessed him. Now Melchizedek did not say. Bring me my tithe. Let me say the name right, because I'm 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 putting the English version, the King James version, and the complete Jewish Bible together. Melchizedek is the correct way to say that. And he didn't say, "I want to bring me your tithe." Just like I told you before, that I knew to pay my tithe. It was just not a if or but. It's something that you know to do. It's 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 not something that I'm forced to do. It's something that I want to do. That's what Abraham did. And then Yaakov and um, Jacob in Genesis 28 did the same thing with God. He said on, on verse 22, And this stone which I have set for my pillar shall be God's house, and all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto you. Right? So he knew to do that. Now, for those of you talking, oh, I don't do Old Testament. I, need, test, I do I do New Testament. Okay, which is doesn't make sense because that's the foundation of New Testament. But okay, to appease you, in the book of Matthew twenty third chapter, 
Yeshua said, Woe to you, hypocritical Torah teachers, the Purushim, which is the Pharisees. He said, You pay your tithes of mint, dill. He was talking about tithe. They paid, they didn't talk about it. We know you pay your tithe. But that's not even the problem. Let me tell you what the real problem with you is. You neglect the Torah, the justice, the mercy. That's the real problem. Because the problem is not paying your tithe. They didn't have those issues. In the book of Luke, they also talked about that, 18th chapter. The Purush stood and prayed to himself. Remember? Oh God, I thank you that I am not like the rest of humanity. Greedy, dishonest, immoral, or like the tax collector. I fast twice a week. I pay my tithe of my entire income. He was talking about, of course, that was wrong the way he prayed. I'm not speaking of that. But the, the concept of the tithe was well and alive and activated in the New Testament. But because we are making such a big deal about it, it's like we're talking about it. This is something that is well known to do that it wasn't even necessary to keep bringing it up. Do we pay time? When we pay time? Is it 10%? Is it not 10%? The church is the only one that's doing that. Okay. The second type, there's a different type of type called Mesa. Mesa is 10. Shani. Shani means second. This is a type that goes to your festival, the festival type. Deuteronomy 12 chapter. He spoke about that on the uh, sixth verse. It says, when you burn, offer your sacrifice, your tenth that you will set aside for Adonai. This is for the all the Jewish festivals or the biblical festivals. 14, Deuteronomy 14 says, every year you must take one-tenth of everything your seed produce in the field. What is your seed producing in the field today? Your income. Another type of type, it's called Mesa Aini. That is the tenth to the poor people. Deuteronomy 14, to the orphan, widows. That is the poor type, which is Mesa Ani. Ani means I. I. And that particular type is called I, which is the type to the poor, to the orphan, to the needy. <laughs> it's so much into the word concerning tithing, concerning uh, money, which we, the body's making so much of a big deal of. Notice that even the Jewish celebrities or wealthy people, they don't talk about tithe. They don't, they do it. And you will never know it because it's a personal thing. Some celebrities and Jewish celebrities pay their tithe yearly. Millions of dollars to their synagogues. Yearly to the teachers, and you don't hear them complain. You don't hear them. How we should be only in the church, and I'm not understanding that concept in the church that we're fighting and arguing about a covenant with God. Okay, the next type, Rishon, Mesa Rishon, which means the first. This is the Levitical type, which, of course, that was said by the, the, the preacher that we're not under the Levitical law, so we don't pay the tithe. What is the Levites today is the teachers, the preachers, 
that work in the tabernacle, that's working in ministry. That is the Levitical tithe. It spoke about that in, let's say, Numbers 18 chapter, real quick. To the descendant of Levi, I have given you the entire tenth. What is tenth? <laughs> of the produce collected in Israel, it is their inheritance in payment for the service they render in the tent of meeting. Work of ministry. That is what that is. For those of you who say, well, it's not in the New Testament. Yes, it is. Hebrews 7. Let's start with the fifth verse. Uh, it says, to the Torah, to take tenth of the income of the people that is from their own brothers, despite the fact that they are descendants of Abraham, you still take the tenth from them. They still have to pay tenth. So we can't say, well, it's just in the Old Testament, not in the New Testament. Now, to address those that now making comments, well, you know, people, these preachers got mansions, they got the house, and you assume they're doing that by using their tithe to purchase their housing. And some of them will tell you the tithe's not even enough for them to take care of them and their family. But it's like we have this perspective that because they're using their understanding of the protocol, whether of tithe and seed sowing, you don't know their personal life. You don't know why they drive what they drive. You don't know the type of money or other income that they have. You don't know that. So we can't assume, well, it's because of the tithe. The tithe is not that much to take care of by a preacher, a mansion, a plane, and all the other stuff. So, but I want to share with you a scripture when in the book of Numbers, after that God gave the instruction to the Levites, which is the minister of the gospel as well. Let's start with verse 28. In this way, you are to set a gift for Adonai from your tenth that you receive from the people of Israel. And from these tenth, tithe, you are to give to Aaron the Kohen the gift set aside. Another word, the tithe that's coming in your ministry. You ought to pay also a tithe from the ministry, a tithe from the tithe to whoever's covering you, whoever your leadership is. You, The ministry ought to pay a tithe to the ministry that you are connected to, that's covering you, that is guiding you, that's whatever that is. You ought to pay. That's what he said. The Israelites paying a tithe to the Levite. Levite pay a tithe to Aaron, which is a high priest. You're not supposed to pay tithe back to yourself, back to your church. It's supposed to be paying back to the one that's covering you, the one that's leading you. Now, further down, after he said to the Levite, he said, you may eat this tithe anywhere, you and your household, because it is your payment in return for the service in the tenth of meeting. Moreover, because you will have set aside from its best part, you will not be committing any sin according to the people's opinion you are, but not according to God. Because, <laughs> but he also said, for you not to profane the holy things of the people of Israel or you will die. Another word, when the people pay the tithe, make sure you treat it properly. So it's not up to us to go to my home. I wonder what my tithe is doing. These people are taking that. You know, we're getting in somebody else's business because that part is God's business. 
Because he already told the minister of the church, the Levites, he already told them, take care of the people. Yes, you can eat from this tithe, but you also make sure you don't profane it. You don't misuse it. Do right by the tithe. And it's up to God because he said, when he said, or oh, you will die. It's between them and God. It's not us anymore because first of all, it's no longer your money. And sometimes we act like we're becoming an advocate for the whole body. What about the other people that pay the tithe? Like God is, is short on taking care of his people. So now he needs you to become attorney to watch out for the people. Well, you should be watching out for your own journey. Because this is what the Bible said. You work on your own salvation. But he already talked to the leaders, whoever mistreating it. You best believe they're not going to get away with it. But if you feel like I don't want to pay my tithe or I feel that God is uprooting me, then that's between you and God. Then God may uproot you and put you someplace else. But do know that God knows what he's doing. He does not need the little elves to come on and say, well, let me just try to help and save the people because they, they're being taken advantage of. You don't know what's happening. But if you get a revelation or you get something new that you saying God said, don't pay the tithe or it's a different percentage or the percentage amount, whatever that is, be sure you keep that and you live that to yourself, but allow people to make their choices based on their experience with God. Because I'm not going to erase all my testimony and my experience based on a revelation that you receive. Then I'm just going to get away with all my relationship based on your revelation. That doesn't work like that. So I'm not going to cancel my testimony. I am a faithful type player and I will continue to be. But my heart is saddened that we have to bring this to public because now my undergarment is a public opinion. And that is the part that we really have to be wiser. It could be the reason why we still, you know, suffering with poverty a lot because the very thing that's supposed to bless us, we fight against. Now, mind you, people are paying usher board dues. Some of them are paying large dues. Some of them are paying frat dues. All of that, nobody touched that. But when it comes to the things of God, the covenant type, we all have an opinion that we shouldn't do it, that it should be a different percentage, or the percentage don't matter, that we're not under the law, all this stuff, but then you pay other dues. But the things that God, it's a plan for our blessing. It's a benefit if you choose to do it. Wonderful. If you choose not to do it, you can't have the whole body to follow you and say, well, don't do it. No, ma'am. No, sir. That's not the way it goes. So, Yes, I do agree that we shouldn't be scaring people, but it is a love obligation. And we, the tenth, it matters. It matters because that's what makes a whole. And it does not mean you have somebody pay more, you could get blessed tremendously. You do more, the more you do, the more you invest, the more you get out of it, of course. But the foundational teaching does not change because you're getting a different revelation. So I would just recommend teachers find a safe place to transform, to revolve in your revelation. 
don't run with half of it, it, it becomes a little bit embarrassing. And you don't want that. You want to be effective. You want to be able to say things that's going to be a benefit to the body that will draw people closer to God, that will enhance their relationship with God. This is our goal when we speak and when we teach. So thank you for joining me in this School of Thought session. I hope and pray that something that I said brought a clear understanding um, in any question that you may have concerning tight or concerning this whole situation, what the man of God was speaking of and that upset social media. So again, I recommend Power of the Tenth and the Kingdom System of Blessings. I recommend that strong these two teaching to add to your library um, to be able to get a clearer understanding, especially teachers, if people would understand. Okay. So thank you so much for joining me in this school of thought. Until next time, shalom. Now that you're ready to live your next level of life, allow Dr. Hannah Josue to assist you in this journey by ordering more of her cultivating teachings or visit our website today at www.hannahjosue.com. Dot com.